Welcome to another edition of Watford Matters with Dean Russell. I'm the Member of Parliament for Watford and I'm using these podcasts to showcase the amazing work that's happening across Watford in our communities, from charities, volunteers and the organisations that run many of the institutions that we're so used to dealing with uh, in the community. The podcast is available uh, on Spotify, on Apple, on all of the the main podcast channels. So please uh, check it out and you'll see lots of great interviews on there with some amazing people locally. And speaking of amazing people locally, I now want to introduce you to Matthew from New Hope, who are a fabulous homeless charity uh, that work within Watford and do incredible work. So welcome, Matthew. Thank you, Dean. And uh, it'd be great to hear about you and your your backstory and and New Hope, really, if that's okay. Yeah, no, of course. Thank you for the opportunity, first of all. Um, So New Hope has existed since 1990. It's a relatively uh, small charity working in southwest Hertfordshire in the Watford area, and its whole aim and has been for 30 years, is to prevent homelessness and transform lives. I have to say, we weren't expecting to spend our 30th anniversary in quite this way, but it has been a remarkable journey. Oh, absolutely. And it's been, um, anyone speaks to me about Watford, and especially around volunteering and, and charities, New Hope is pretty much mentioned every single time. So the impact that you have is... is um, is known far and wide. And what sort of things do New Hope do, I suppose, especially in pre-COVID times? Yeah, in normal times, it was a sort of wraparound care, every aspect of a, of a service user's life from the, the street into permanent housing. And uh, there was lots of uh, amazing work going on month in, month out for 30 years now. Um, we've got a wonderful garden that's a therapeutic environment that service users can access to help their recovery. We have various uh, teams working with different aspects of recovery, but the whole aim is to get people into permanent housing and to support them uh, for as long as we're able to, as long as they need it, really. But that's all kind of turned on its head, of course, over the last five weeks. Absolutely. And it'd it'd be good to tell a bit of the story about the past five weeks, because I remember vividly getting an email from you early in the morning on a, I think it was on a Thursday, uh, warning me that there was a, a potential mini humanitarian crisis going to happen in Watford, and um, you know things spun out from there. So it'd be good to get your 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 side of that story. Yeah, well, it all started really when we had the instruction, or the local council had the instruction. I think it was titled "Everybody In" that came from the government to try and get people off the street into somewhere safe, because of course, when you're on the street, the message "Stay at home." Is, is nonsense. You don't have a home. Your home is a, a bin store or a, or a skip or a stairwell. You know, so it was extraordinary what happened. It was very intense, as you know, Dean. And in those first few days, it felt like an impossibility. But the impossible happened. And uh, I feel quite moved actually saying it now, reflecting on what happened three or four weeks ago. And you were part of that solution, along with Watford Borough Council and one YMCA. And within the space of um, space of just a few days, um, dozens and dozens of people who were rough sleeping were moved into temporary accommodation. About half of them into the travel lodge. Uh, that was a story in itself, <laughs> but we got there eventually. Um, over 20 into one YMCA who couldn't have been more supportive. Uh, and then a number of others into various other accommodation units owned by Watford Borough Council. And uh, the result is that today that there are nearly, I think there's 79 people who a month ago were rough sleeping 
are now in accommodation. We've done what we never thought was possible. We've almost ended rough sleeping in the space of a few weeks. It's been incredible. Mm, absolutely amazing. And I have to say, I, I remember um, on, on the first evening contacting a, a minister who I'd not really spoken to before saying, look, can we please get help? Um, you know, we really need some support here. And I was, I was staggered at how quickly the machine moved to help on that. And especially the following week when we had a few barriers to getting people in, in the hotel rooms. But, um, you know, Travelodge were brilliant, weren't they? And they just pulled out the stops to um, make sure we could have people in their hotel to, uh, to be safe, really, uh, which was an amazing uh, effort by all. Yeah, and I, you know, I agree with you. A special shout out for the Travelodge staff. I was down there today and on Monday I spoke to the manager and he was saying to me that his staff aren't trained to deal with sort of often there's some of the people that we deal with have, have significant issues around addictions and mental health issues learning difficulties and so on and uh, I said to him that on Thursday when we do the clap for the people who are helping I said I'm going to clap for the travel lodge staff <laughs> and I really meant it because they have been so helpful yeah. you know there's been one or two sticky situations but the majority of, of it has gone really well and uh, earlier this week we actually moved in our street outreach service new hope street outreach service into the hotel so it's got a physical presence there and i think that's really helped in order to bring a the very highest level of care and support to the nearly 40 uh, former rough sleepers who are now accommodated safely there that's incredible and and as i understand it i think we were the first or at least one of the first um, in the country that Travel Lodge homed uh, rough sleepers in because of the work, you know, and the efforts that you, you put in and the pressure you put on, you know, myself and others to make sure that we uh, quite rightly, and I was very much behind it, but, you know, make sure we did the right thing and they did the right thing. And now I think there's there's a whole load of sites across the UK that they're doing the same thing. So, you know, massive uh, shout out and thank you to you for relentlessly making sure everybody did the right thing so thank you Matthew and and just on that I mean I, one of the I wrote an article a few weeks ago just before all of this started actually about the uh, problems around a thing called cuckooing but also around the concept of housing first and I was just I just feel like this has probably been a really good example of how housing first really does work uh, even though it's been a really awful time what's your thoughts on on that sort of process for helping people who are homeless yeah just before i answer that question i just turn the clock back to the beginning of the story again there was a gentleman um, a rough sleeper that i passed almost daily in the middle of watford in the early days of this crisis dean and he used to look at me and say why are you doing what are you going to do to help us and i said to him i'll call him kevin it's not his real name mm -hmm. i said kevin trust us and to be honest i didn't know how we, what we're going to do <laughs> and uh you know i saw him this afternoon across the um, the road that many people know exchange road in the middle of watford going into the travel lodge he waved at me he smiled and most importantly he looked well mm. and, you know i'm just so grateful to everybody that we've been able to help people like kevin now answer to your question kevin is an example of where ostensibly housing first begins it's providing safe accommodation but then of course it's the other s word that's the real telling one and that's the support that needs to go forward housing first only works properly with uh, resources i won't claim to be an expert but it needs to be well resourced uh, it's certainly something that as a, a management team we're looking at very closely because what we don't want to happen 
is that one of these 79 people who's currently housed has to go back onto the streets at the end of this crisis. So Dean, we've launched something yesterday called Project Home, which is about the solution. And that is ensuring as best we can that this crisis draws a line in the sand for those 79 rough sleepers. Uh, so we hope that the housing first uh, approach is one of several different approaches in order to bring about long-term accommodation solutions with support for those people. That's absolutely fabulous. And I think, you know, I, one of the challenges that was highlighted with this, I think very early on in this crisis was how, uh, you know, rough sleepers were often seen as the very last of those to be helped. I think one of the things that really comes through for me is that the point of how much better uh, from speaking to your teams, how much better people are who've been in this situation and have been helped. And I think, you know, we, we, it's really important as we move forward, we, we keep that in mind, isn't it, that we um, continue no, to help them. No, completely. One of the things that I said in the early uh, days of liaison with the Travel Lodge uh, management was that the typical person on the street could be your brother-in-law, you know, it could be your, your sister. These are people who are stigmatized sometimes unfairly. You know, they were just typical people who have fallen on hard times and very often have had significant trauma in their lives. And, and the, you know, the dice has fallen not on a bunch of sixes, but a bunch of ones. Mm. You know, everything's just gone wrong. Uh, and that's what we're there for. And you're right, Dean, what we are seeing, and I've seen it again today with my own eyes, is some many people now looking really well. Uh, there's one individual that we've known on and off the streets for 11 years. And, uh, and my staff are saying that he's a transformed character. So it just shows you that it's not rocket science, you know, providing good food, accommodation, support, suddenly the gap of disadvantage is being closed in a matter of days. And our responsibility, when I say our responsibility as society, mm -hmm. is to ensure that the momentum that's been generated, ironically, through a very bad experience, is um, enables these people to be com um, accommodated permanently uh, in the long term. So I do believe that much good is coming out of this and much good is yet to come out of this. Totally agree with those words. What's the best way that people can help New Hope at this time? Yep. okay, the, the best way to help is to go to newhope.org.uk slash donate. There's been a tremendous outpouring of uh, generosity from the community. I'll just say that again, newhope.org.uk forward slash donate. We're blessed as an organisation, Dean, to have a wonderful pool of volunteers. So we haven't had to really access any of the additional brilliant forums that have been set up to mobilise volunteers. New Hope runs on volunteers alongside its staffing profile. So we, I think we've got, at, at the moment, at any one time, 150 volunteers assigned to, to different aspects of New Hope's operations. But what they're doing at the moment is cooking and distributing food alongside staff and uh, and also helping to organise our food. And at the moment, we've got sufficient resources of, of volunteers. So we're very blessed in that respect. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? I just think the, um, the, the, the amount of food that's flowing around Watford at the moment for free is, is uh, phenomenal. I've, I've been delivering hot food to uh, police and firefighters as well as uh, vulnerable people. And, and I've been amazed actually how many restaurants have offered up their kitchens basically to go and deliver wow. hot food. And from what I gather at New Hope, you've been getting a, a whole load of, of curry and all sorts coming through. Oh. 
Let me give you some examples if I may, because these these examples are just extraordinary. I'll just share a small, a, well, relatively small tale. First of all, one of my um, staff members was in Sainsbury's yesterday in the middle of town, and she was buying some groceries for the night shelter, the sanctuary. And uh, a gentleman who we didn't she didn't know came up to the uh, the credit card, the pay point, and just swiped his card and said, "I'll pay for that." You know, just extraordinary random kindness. And then earlier in the week, we had a um, a local chippy in, in Croxley Green. They contacted us and they supplied no, no less than 150 hot portions of cotton chips to everybody in New Hope. And then we had uh, the, through um, the Chamber of Conscience attached to the Chamber of Commerce, we had uh, a lady donate 200 Portuguese savoury pastries yesterday. Because a lot of people will know these, these people. Go cooler. On Market Street, I think they are. They're donating or providing over 80 meals a week for our work. And then we've got Go Dharmic, a national charity providing food for vulnerable individuals. They're providing over 160 meals a week. And just one more, uh, Siva Day, a national voluntary group locally based at the Stanmore Temple. They're providing over 240 meals a week for us. You know, and there's, there's dozens of other good causes that I've said. So it's just been quite overwhelming, the support we've enjoyed from the community. Oh, that's absolutely amazing. I was out with the other day, actually, because they, oh. they do stuff at St. Helen's Church, I think, as well. And, you know, absolutely amazing. Oh, well done. And I think, you know, it's so lovely to see, uh, you know, the smiles on both the recipients' faces, but also the volunteers' faces when they, they do these amazing things. But from, from me as the MP, thank you to everyone who's volunteering and everyone who's helping New Hope. And of course, thanks to uh, the team at New Hope. I've met uh, quite a few of them over the past few weeks. And uh, I have to say, they're all so passionate and committed. And you, uh, Matthew, are an absolute inspiration for the work that you're doing across Watford. So thank you. Thank you for your kind words, Dean. And thank you for your support as well. No, no, it's it's uh, it's a pleasure. It really is. So that's uh, the latest instalment of uh, Watford Matters with Dean Russell. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. As I say, this is available on Apple and Spotify. Huge thank you to Matthew for um, another great interview and hearing the amazing work that's happening across Watford. And as usual, I'll end with my usual statement that, of course, together we will get through this. Uh, there will be an end in sight.